Hello, this is Angie Meadows. This is The Rocker Recovery. We're coming to you from Expression Studio in Huntington, West Virginia. We're glad to have you for this radio show. Also be aired on my podcast called Rocker Recovery. You can find the PDF on enablersjourney.com. Today is day six on discussing our fears. Now it is time to decide who our master is. Matthew 6.24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So let's flip that a bit and say you cannot serve God and fear. They are polar opposites. Now the fear of God is different than the fear of man, and it's not a timid fear of God. It's a reverential awe of God. And the more fear of God that we have, the more reverence we have for Him, the smaller our problems will be. And we can choose Him as our master. Joshua 24:15. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether it be the gods or the fears, which your fathers served that were on the other side. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So now I want you to make a conscious choice as to who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve fear? Now let's look at Matthew 6, 25 through 30. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So what is God saying in these verses? He's saying, don't worry about food, about drink, or about clothing. Instead, consider the birds, the flowers, the things that you can't control like your height, because God's going to care for you and go and find your faith. Now in my life, when I have been fretful and fearful and wringing my hands over something, it's almost like God says to me, okay, if you want to keep this problem, go ahead and keep it. But as soon as I say to the Lord, God, this is bigger than me. This must be a God-sized problem that you want to glorify yourself in. And if you can make something of this mess, please do. I trust you here. And just as I say that, it's magnificent. It's like handcuffs fall off of his hands. And I have just given him permission to work in my life. And mighty things happen once I choose faith. Now let's do a little study on faith and see what kind of faith we have. In 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 19, this is an unsaved faith. It's a vain faith. Now let's look at these verses. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. He's talking about useless faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. So he's talking about this vain faith, this belief without a resurrected Savior. Now the second type of faith is a dead faith. So let's look at James 2, 19 and 20, a dead faith. 
You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? So he's talking about how Satan believes and he trembles. So if you say you believe, but there is no evidence of it, there is no fruit in your life, then your belief is not real and you really don't believe because if you believed, you would act upon it. Now those are two kinds of unsaved faith and this study comes out of the Thomas Nelson Study Bible. So now we're going to look at four different types of saving faith. The first kind is in Mark 16, 11 through 14. It's a kind of unbelief and it's caused by a hard heart. Verse 11, when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the leaven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Another version calls it a hardened heart. He said that they did not believe because of their hard hearts. And could our hearts be hardened by sin and by wounds and by fear and by the problems in this life? And the only way that that hardened heart is going to get soft is by the watering of the washing of the Word of God. Now we're looking at little faith. And this little faith is caused by fear. It's in Matthew 8:26. He replies to his disciples, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. So Jesus was asleep in the boat. And the disciples were struggling against a great storm. And they thought that the boat would sink. They did not trust Jesus to even save himself in that situation. So when they awoke him and said, Master, do you not care that we are going to drown? He gets up and he rebukes not just the wind and the waves, not just the storm in their life, but he rebukes them for their unbelief, for their little faith. Oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? So when we are fearful, then we have little faith. The next type of faith I want to discuss is weak faith. It has legalistic thinking. Or like Abraham, it takes matters into our own hands. So the first verses that we'll look at is Romans 14, 1 through 6. Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another's who is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master's servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Now we're looking at Genesis 12. And when Abraham goes into the land of Egypt because of the famine, he does not trust that God can protect Sarah. And instead, he says Sarah is his sister. And he gets himself into all kinds of trouble there. But God protects them, and he protects Sarah. But also right there, during that weak faith moment, is where he picked up Hagar as a servant. And that was in Genesis 12. So by the time we move over to Genesis 16, we realize that now they have weak faith and don't believe that the seed of the promise can come through Sarah and Abraham. So Sarah starts conniving and using her own wisdom to try to get a child that will bring about the inheritance that God says. And so she says to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai had said. So after Abraham 
had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai his wife took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar and she conceived. Now this brought lots of problems in the family and lots of problems to the kingdom of God. There was a child of the flesh before there was a child of the spirit. So it seems in my life that I fluctuate between different types of faith and that when my faith is weak, I'm trying to do things in my own strength and I'm going to end up with consequences like a child of the flesh. But if I can move to strong faith, then I can have an Isaac and my faith can trust in God no matter what's coming at me. I can know that it is for my good and for his glory and that he's doing a great work and that I don't need to stagger I can believe the promises of God, and I can believe that they are for me. So let's look at Mark 4, uh, chapter 4, and let's start with verse 18. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, they hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. So as I have worries of life, as I have fears, it chokes out what God wants me to have. Now let's look at verse 20. This is strong faith. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold times more than what was sown. So here in Mark 4.20, it's talking about the parable of the seed and the sower. And as I'm sowing the word of God in my life, I can reap a harvest, a great harvest. But if I do not sow that word of God in my life, if I sow my worries, the deceitfulness of riches, if my focus is on that, then I know that the word of God will be choked out. I'm still saved, but the word of God is going to be choked out and unfruitful and not bearing fruit. And I will spend my wheels a lot of time in frustration. Now let's look at Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise, was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So I want you to look at your life, and what is it that you're holding on to so closely, so tightly, that needs to be sacrificed to the Lord? Is it your unbelief? Is it your fears? What are you afraid of? Whatever is making you fearful, I want you to tie it to the altar of God and say, I sacrifice it to you no matter what comes, Lord. In life or in death, I give you this loved one. I give you this problem. I give you this financial difficulty. I give you this thing that is causing me to stumble and to stagger. And let us look at Romans 4.20 as our last verse. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now I want you to choose. I want you to choose to be strong in faith. Conquer any unbelief. Do not stagger at the promises of God. Do not stagger at His word. But walk by faith and not by sight. Now let's review. There's a vain faith and a dead faith that is an unsaved faith. And then there's a saving faith, a kind of unbelief that is caused by a hardened heart. And so we have to pray that God would help us soften our heart. And we soften the heart through applying the Word of God. And then we have little faith caused by storms and troubles in life and through our fear. And then we have weak faith when we're legalistic and trust in our rules and take matters in our own hands. And then we're strong in faith as we have faith in God and we trust Him no matter what. And this is The Rocky Recovery. This is Angie Meadows. I hope you enjoyed this lesson today. If you want to hear it again, you can listen to it on Rocker Recovery Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Pandora. 
And our website is enablersjourney.com. We'll see you later.